2: Welcome, pilots. You're tuned to the Guard Frequency because, as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 257 of the Best Damn Space Sim Podcast Ever, recorded on Friday, April 19th, and made available for download on Tuesday, April 23rd, 2019, over at GuardFrequency.com. I'm Henry.
0: I'm Tony. And I'm Jeff. And this week's streaming services are brought to you by Henry Robot and Snowball Limited. Right, Henry? That's right, Jeff. Remember, folks,
2: Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com
1: and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak. Your feedback's an important part of what we do, so hit us up. Tell us what's on your mind. If you
0: like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows over at feeds.GuardFrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, then you should come and join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency Live over at twitch.tv forward slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn Space Sim
2: podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber.
1: We want to thank all the Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you consider joining them, because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Head over to our website, click on the big Patreon
0: logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO,
2: the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out over at PriorityOnePodcast.com.
1: Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping is done, so let's
0: get to the show. What do we got in store this week, Henry?
1: In this week's Flight Deck, we bring you all
2: the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous,
1: and Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. Next, we get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. And Commander Kinetic Impulsor helps you get down to the ground in Nuggets for Nuggets.
0: After that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, now following Commander Heatherly below the hard deck. Finally,
2: we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun.
1: Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. Three, one,
0: seven, five, Port Bay, hands on approach, trigger screen, call the Then get with me.
1: Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims.
0: Frontier Developments has released a lightly redacted preview of the April 23rd update in which the devs have been found guilty of meddling in the new player experience and of unobstructing the commodity trading window.
1: Star Citizen 3.5 Alpha is live to all backers and we can discuss uh, Quantum Drive travel times again if we want, I suppose. And Double Damage heard our pleas for an update
2: to Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. Too bad they're doing the official stream the day after we record the
1: show. That's a damn shame. But Jeff had something he he really wanted to say about Star Citizen.
0: Well, I was just going to say, I just got an email today that said that um, 3.5 has made it to the Persistent Universe.
1: That's what I just said.
0: Oh. Yeah. It's on the last server. Okay. That's what the copy
1: said. So we agree with each other. This is good. Henry, do you want to take an opposite stance just to be contrary? No, 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 I agree the email says what it says and that we all knew Okay, okay. I I agree entirely. Sometimes I like, I mean, just to revisit the basic design of the show, I always want to have at least three hosts on so that two people can gang up on a third. So, I mean, I really want that dynamic of, like, you know, two people are yelling at the third person for being wrong.
0: I I like that dynamic. was about quantum travel times. I wasn't... Oh,
1: oh, oh, okay, okay, all right. So... so All right, so uh, we can we can talk about Star Citizen first, though, because yes, indeed, 3.5 is live, and so it's it's there in the in the uh, live server for everybody. It's bugs off off of bugs warts and bugs and slugs on all and all those things. Um, I don't know if there's anything else really new about it. Uh, we did get through our little uh, uh, staff chat uh, a post that someone uh, I think it was well, a Ben. Ben's usually when it causes that kind of trouble uh, about the uh, quantum tr- uh, drive travel times, which is something we've been kind of keeping an eye on. We've discussed it before. Uh, to s- some people think ad nauseum um, of the uh, the the difference in the uh, the size. The size of the drive makes a huge difference in how long it takes you to get from uh, planetary body to planetary body. So. Um, there's I, I haven't seen a lot uh, or haven't really looked for a lot of anything else, and the email just went live today, so not a lot of time to digest the transition, but it's there if you want to talk about it. There's an Imgur link. Uh, I don't have the old chart up here for comparison, but my recollection is that it has not changed a great deal, uh, like order of magnitude-wise. Um, your fastest travel times are on your bigger ships, your Caterpillars and your Hammerheads. Uh, they have the size three uh, drives and uh, the longer travel times are going to be your Prospectors and uh, uh, Avengers and so on. Let me that's a design decision. Uh, small ships are supposed to be attached to big ships, I guess, uh, and big ships are supposed to go fast and small ships are going to go slow. So, but and so that hasn't changed much. But the difference is kind of, I mean, it's it's pretty big. You know, three minute travel time uh, for a caterpillar between Hurston to ArtCorp, and that same trip can take almost ten minutes in a prospector. Uh, that that's that seems like a lot. It seems like a pretty big difference. But I mean, that
2: just comes back to the old discussion of what's a decent travel time in a game, anyway. Having a range like that, I understand having a range like that. In fact, it makes it, you know, makes you push to get a faster ship for different missions, or if you get tired of uh, uh, travel times. I don't think ten minutes of travel is too bad, do you? Uh,
1: I think for an in-system jump, I don't know, I don't know. You know it depending on the size of the system. an Elite, you can take that long easily, mm-hmm. um, you know. But I mean, it's just, it just seems, it just, I. I question the decision whether uh, restricting it to the size of the ship. That's all. If you are a good pilot and you are, are quick, uh, jumping from system to system, uh, there's some skill involved in elite, right? You know, they're taking that away uh, with the uh, some of the, some. Well, they're taking some of it away. We'll get it's to that. It's optional. In a minute. With the yeah, with the super cruise assist, but you know, the if you have a small ship like an eagle versus a cutter. It's almost worse to take the big ship because it's less maneuverable. I mean, you could, you could, have, you could conceivably take more time in a big ship. But the difference is mostly skill, uh, especially in system. Uh, but, but, you know, the jumping between systems, you're, of course, limited by your fuel and your mass and, and the size of the drive. But the size of the drive relative to the size of the ship. You know, little ships like the Diamondback Explorer can jump really far you can cover a lot of light years really quickly in a small ship anaconda's big ship and it'll do the same thing the corvette is crappy and it's a big ship it has terrible range uh and the type nine is also a big ship and it's doesn't have a great range so i mean it it just seems like shoehorning travel times into ship sizes i I don't know if that's a great choice
0: no well well no see i always i always think of it in terms of i've got a couple of of muscle cars. And I always think of it in terms of, of horsepower and weight ratio, right? Yeah. And it's the same in space. Energy plus mass equals velocity or something like that. E equals
1: one half MV squared. I don't know. I mean, more push, faster go, unless you're heavy.
0: Yeah. Energy is your thrust. (laughs) Mass is your, is the, is the weight of your, of your object or your ship. Um, and that, that equals the velocity in which you're going to travel. So, um, to me, it always seems backwards that a, that a large ship um, seems to be going much faster or further than a small ship. I get the size of the output, you know, the engines and the, and the output it all equates, but at some point there's a, there's a, a spot, there has to be a, a transition spot.
1: I'm not a fan of this idea, but I'm going to defend it a little bit by going all the way back to the Age of Sail. Back in the olden, olden times, when you had a, a
0: big ship, you could cram more canvas yeah, right. onto your l- no, lanyards I, no, or spars or whatever I, the hell they were. I get the idea. Of the size of the engine matters, you know. But remember that even larger engines, you know, the more mass you're laying on your ship, the bigger that you got to get. I mean,
1: you know, I guess there's a defensible case for either way, right? The the bigger the are, the faster you go. The smaller you are, the faster you go. I would argue that mixing it up is the way to go you know make it make it so that there are small ships that can go far and fast like a scout ship and make it so that there are big ships that can go far and fast like a muscle car you know i mean that the, I, th- I think they're i think they, uh, they ought to consider mixing it up yeah making making those ranges have something to do more with than just size
2: yeah, but I, I mean I I get what you're saying too, yeah. I mean here it's just like a linear progression of size to speed, which is probably a little simplified.
1: I get it because you want people to spend more cash and so you would like them to buy bigger ships and so the old MMO trope of you spend money to conserve time. Right? You know, it's like microtransactions and you buy stuff that reduces cooldown times or whatever. So I get it. I mean I I get the the business angle of it too, but it's just Gameplay-wise, I think this chart ought to be, like you were saying, a little more complicated, a little, a little more... There ought to be some more factors. There would be some more factors in there.
0: Well, I, there, uh, one of the yeah, older uh, Jumpgate, when I used to play Jumpgate, one of the things we could do was there's these super hot, like, engines or power plants that we actually, because they were, because they were made of certain materials and they got super efficient and weight-saving and therefore saved on your mass... And um, that kind of thing. I, I, I would like to see more of that kind of sciencey kind of of. And maybe
1: part of their upgrade system, you know, putting in extra cooling thingies or whatever, maybe they'll have something. But it just, but the way that they've got it set up right now, there's, you know, the difference is, you know, two or three times the difference. We're not talking a matter of, you know, a few minutes or a a couple seconds here. There's six minutes between the top and the bottom uh, of of the range. It seems like there's a lot of ground to cover there. And all of the little engines are up at the upper end and all the big engines are down the lower end. And I think, like I said, I'd like to see them mix it up a little more, but you know, that's it's in the hands of their designers, and this is the way they're going, and it doesn't seem to be changing at least from the last time we looked at the chart to today. So uh, we'll see what they do in the future. But, but speaking of people listening to me and us, and and paying attention to what we want people to do, uh, last week, uh, af- about a week after we did our show, or we we did our, uh, a couple weeks ago, we wanted an update from a bunch of. Uh, uh, games that we were promised in the first half of 2019, early 2019. Uh, and uh, double damage. Uh, the Rebel Galaxy Outlaw publisher uh, came out and had a kind of an impromptu twitch play through live stream thing. And he did a little bit of the sort of uh, early arc of uh, of the Rebel Galaxy Outlaw game that we're supposed to be seeing anytime now. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw that video, but it came through on our chat. But he went through and basically played a lot of the the, the very uh, you know your your first crappy ship. Uh, I think it's called I think it's called the platypus. You don't have a good radar. You don't have good. Uh, you don't have a tractor beam, so you can't grab loot. You don't have an afterburner, so you're, you're really slow. Uh, and he just kind of went through and played sort of the basic uh, first few uh, minutes of the game, and it looks pretty great. I mean. Visually it hasn't changed a lot from the very first uh, from the the, the first re- release that he put Didn't out have a while to, ago. It was cool looking already. No, it got yeah, it was cool looking already yeah. and it I don't know what he's waiting for. I mean, it looks pretty complete.
2: Oh man, a developer that's <laughs> polishing a game well, I great. maybe maybe that's what Here's it, is. What it he's is. like he said something in his live stream about your first ship is a painted potato with a radar and a laser, I think, something like that. Maybe he doesn't want his game That's to be great. a painted potato. He wants to release something good. <laughs> you know what I mean? He doesn't want to have... Uh, eight in in 12 months, have spent a year doing nothing but trying to fix this so that people like it finally, <laughs> like um, <clears throat> that which shall not be no, no man's guide. Yeah. Um, oh, no man's... Oh, you know, so, right, that one. Um, so, you no. know, I think it's cool that they're polishing it. There were some things that I was thinking about just looking at it that... Like, there are so many similarities to that and... Like, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas with the minigames integration. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, to me, one of my favorite just games ever. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's irreverent. It's funny. it's um, uh, There's a lot to do, and you can jump in and just go do something that's not uh, specifically, like, what the core of that game is. There's just so much little stuff to go with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing he kept going back to over and over again was that... Um you know the yellow dot, di- the yellow diamond, right? He he. The visually, you can always tell where the next bit of the story is, right? It's going to be a single player game. You're going to progress through the story of the of Juno, uh, the rebel outlaw. Um, and uh, but he'll he'll let you. They, they visually show you where the next story bit is, but you're not required to go there. Yeah. The how do you? I did want to ask how do you guys feel about the animation
2: mixes in that we've got computer generated animation which i think is awesome and then we've got uh cartoon animation like traditional cartoon animation mixed in there which is interesting cuz a lot of people shy away from that kind of style these days um how do you guys feel about that cross where, of styles Where did you see that I was looking at it in the video that just came out there were like cartoons you had it done by um uh I think that was the preview i think it was like the, that
1: was like the the trailer So that's not You're that's about that, not that integrated cuz it seemed like no. that was
2: integrated in some way
1: well, it might be. Oh, he I mean, plays if I in him, it as
2: cutscenes or something.
1: It's a really well done trailer. So if I were him, that would be you know when you log into the game for the first time, and you first boot it up. I would play that. Yeah, it is I mean, cool. I think. I think that should stick around as, as like you know the you know this is putting you in the universe right because it's it's you know it's some little it's a little vignette about the heroine character uh trying to locate a mark and the mark gets the drop on her big fight she gets away. Uh, but then the the merc comes after her and blows her ship up, and so she's crash landed on this backwards planet, has to start from scratch. Yeah, that's why you get the that's why you get the potato with the laser uh, at the beginning of the of the of the game because your hot rod just got smushed uh, by this merc guy. So I, th- but that's a good point though. Is that you were talking about Grand Theft Auto? It's like it puts you in the world mm-hmm. where these mini games and and things exist, and you can choose to follow that story that the developers laid out for you, or you can just do little bits and pieces, you know, the the trading, and the bounty hunting, and the uh, escort runs, and all the other things that come up on the mission board. You're not required to follow that progression unless and until you're ready to. Uh, and there's even things in there. Uh, he, uh, he got to the point where, in order to go to the next mission, you had to have a certain piece of equipment. And you don't get enough credits to do that just in the game. So you have to go do some of these other things. You have to go live in the world for a little while until you gather enough money to get this piece of gear that you can put on your potato and then uh, take the next mission in the story. Which is pretty typical for games
2: to gate right. your progression that way behind time sinks to make you play and learn. Right. It's kind of like
1: forcing right. tutorials
2: it's... a little bit. I don't know.
1: Right, but, but it's I'm, it seems weird, but it's almost, it's a throwback. It's a little, it's kind of refreshing almost to see someone has decided that this is how the game is going to go. And I'm interested in his take on it because he's done a lot. Rebel Galaxy was, was pretty good. I didn't finish the game, but that's more on me than on him because I just, you know, new Shinies came up and I went and did other things. Um, but, you know, the uh, it's, uh, this, I think, and combining that with the announcement of the new Star Wars game, which will be a single-player story progression, is i think they're kind of making a comeback
2: uh a little bit i am more interested in this uh new IP than playing another Star wars game at this point like this world looks more interesting and less tired to me
1: yeah it's not as uh not as much but no 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 baggage yeah and i want to say no
2: baggage because i don't want to say star wars is tired I can have a lot of fun in a Star wars game but it's gonna be an old one
1: yeah it's there's there's their baggage this one's this one's new. and in, Even things like, this, like the radio stations, it gives you the sense that it is a place and people live there and people work there and you're just a schlub trying to make your way in the world. Uh, and so I, th- I, th- I, like, I, I like what I've seen. Uh, there's going to be, he's going to have another uh, couple of hours, I think, on a live stream tomorrow, which when you guys hear this, that'll be two days ago, uh, Saturday. Uh, so, but uh, I'm—I'll probably tune in for that, and, and maybe we'll have a little bit more next week to talk about. Um, but yeah, um, they heard—he heard, he heard our—he heard our pleas, and uh, he gave us an update.
2: And hear this plea: uh, drop your videos on Thursday, maybe Friday morning, and we'll be better <laughs> off talking about them on Friday night. That would be fantastic. Or join if us if we could, on Friday Night Live and talk about them yourself. Yeah, that'd be cool.
1: So that'd be great. So uh, but yeah, so you know, more convenience for us would be would be much appreciated. But that leaves us with Elite Dangerous, which uh, had they had their own hour of live streaming goodness. Nah, nothing's happening in Elite until 2020, remember? <laughs> nothing's 20, happening. 2020 more like more like 423. Oh wow. April April 23rd, we're going to get our we're going to get this update. And they had a a live stream with uh William and Adam and Adam, and they spent about an hour going over uh, all the new features that they're going to do. And it's it's basically as advertised. They've revamped the early game uh, a lot. Uh, also messed with your uh, commodities panel, uh, your nav panel, and your background screen. So you know you'll have you can you, your background screen will now feature your ship in all of its glory. So that's glorious. I'm. Glorified by this, <laughs> so, if, you say, if you say so, it's it's pretty great. Um, I didn't spend as much time with
2: it as I did. The, excuse me, the Rebel Galaxy Outlaw stuff. Um, I'm excited for it, but I just haven't spent as much time with it. Can you answer a few questions for me? If you watched it, I would be happy to answer. So we were all wondering uh, last week, I think, a couple of things. Um, the starter system. Are you going to be locked out of that after you st- after you graduate from it? And how, you know, does that suck to be locked out because you're not able to go home?
1: Um, Yes and no. You will be locked out, but you'll be locked out after you leave for the first time. So if you decide that you want to spend some more time in in the kiddie pool, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, um, you can stay in those. It looked like there are maybe 10, maybe about 10 systems um, in this little pocket that you could go uh, to. And they have it clearly marked in your galaxy map with a special symbol. It's the Pilots' Federation symbol with like a circle and dots around it. So these systems are uh, off limits to anybody with more than one rank in any of the three categories, trade, combat, or exploration. But once you're, well, while you're in there, you can stay in there until you exceed that first rank and you leave. So as long as you don't go outside of that 10-system pocket, you can stay in there as long as you want.
2: And what is the narrative reason for this? What tells you you can't go back? The Pilots' Federation just says, hey, you're too big for this now. What if I forgot my hat? Uh, well, It's then, on my couch at my old apartment, yeah, and I just too took a drive across town, and now they're like, no, you can't ever go back. But it's my favorite damn hat.
1: See, in this and Henry in this game you are a
2: you're a journeyman, you're a you're a wanderer, a troubadour if you will. I think that breaks immersion. And and if you want to talk about it being in game and having like an in-game explanation, then there's this place that is been set aside by government that says, "Oh, this is the place of peace where everybody is peaceful." And look that, what happened on Nimbus.
0: The, is that the second story to <laughs> the right and straight on That's till what morning? I'm saying.
2: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. exactly what I'm yeah. saying.
0: Look what happened on <laughs>
2: Nimbus. So you know, I don't know. I don't get this. I think it's immersion breaking a little bit. I think mean, it kind of sucks. I don't I don't really get the move of locking it off that way. Um, I would rather see something like they take a, a, a core system and have, like, uh, I don't know, weapons inhibitors or something in certain places or heavy patrols of police to make it more difficult to harass people than locking us out by saying, you don't have a permit to go back to your house Like, that seems ridiculous. There should at least be some in-game explanation, like some catastrophe happens when you jump and you get a news report that, for some reason, the Omega particle is blown up and warp travel within three sectors is blocked off for 100 years. I just like union
1: rules. No, this one, again, I just like union rules. The union rules are that uh, this is where you... If if you're an apprentice, this is where you start out. And and in, in the dev talk they did, there was, like, a little bit... It's not just the fact that, I mean, the rules are all the same. You can still blow up other commanders. I mean, as long as you're not within the three kilometers or whatever it is of a station, you can still hunt down other people. It's not like that, that any of that's any different. It's just that statistically you're more likely to come across people of your own skill level, people who are new to the game. People can always wipe their save and jump back into the newbie section and be a total dick to everybody else in their sidewinder. And you could go from harmless to elite and never leave that 10 system area if you wanted to, just killing noobs all the time that would be if you want to. That would but, be crazy. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. They said that the missions are stripped down, right, so they're just basic missions, right, you know, fetch, carry, uh, interdict, you know, locate. I mean, the, the mission complexity is reduced, and the equipment is also bare bones. So you're not going to be able to engineer shields uh, to to the nth degree, you're, and you're probably not going to have. I mean, they're probably going to be A-class stuff in there, but maybe not a bunch. It might not be widely available. So I mean, it they're they're doing their very best to keep it simple and uh, uh, as uncomplicated as possible, so that people uh, can climb that learning curve a little bit. Uh, not only not have the pressure of uh, well, less pressure of uh, other commanders trying to blow them up, but also the uh, less choices you have to make uh, in, when you when you take those missions and do those things. Here's the thing. the game
2: is instanced already. So, why, why break us up amongst skill level by saying these core systems are for noobs and not saying these instances of systems are for noobs? Like, until you get your first rank in something, any instance you spawn into, you would only be able to share with other people of low rank. And then you can always go back wherever the hell you want, do what you want, and if you graduate from that, your friends can join you. And, and uh, they'll graduate also. You know, it's not like it locks you out from being able to be a part of a social group. Here, you're going to have this community of systems that you can never visit that is going to bother me. Like, it's going to be there, a special icon's on it, it's going to be weird, and I'm never going to go there. I just think that's weird. It's immersion-breaking, big time.
0: And, and I'll tell you, there there's a game that tried to do that. In fact, they created a whole class, and now they're called Tweaks, because uh, uh, WoW did this uh, at level 29, Things change for for characters, and so a lot of people would take a character up to level twenty nine and then go no further. Uh,
1: They're getting around this a couple of different ways. Number one, you don't have to leave if you don't want to. So if you want to stay there, you can. Now I can't go in there in my current save, right? If I really really desperately want to, I don't
2: mean to cut you off. It's just I want to make a point about what you just said. You say you don't have to leave. But then they make the game all about this doorway that you can't walk out. Because you, you're you right. You don't have to leave it. But then you're like, oh, I'm not going to experience everything outside of this little bubble. It's just that right. once you leave, you're never getting back in that little bubble. So there's this gateway that you can't go back from that doesn't need to exist. Because I don't think it'll solve any problems. You're going to have gankers that stay low level, keep an alternate character at low level, make a, a new account where they just always constantly kill noobs. That's still going to happen. Except now there's a very small area for them to do it in so they will concentrate fire. So I, they're not I solving see any problems. Your... Yeah. My my solution of breaking it up via instancing would have solved the problem without you know, and, and actually let me say it's not really my solution. We kind of already have it with solo. I don't know why we don't just make solo the yeah. default and then make open available after your first rank. Or make it open, not available, but open the default after your first rank with a warning that says you're now joining the elite universe. You're playing with other people now that you've got your first rank and you don't suck anymore. And then it doesn't
1: take you out of game, you know? Good points, good points. But I, I think that their philosophy is that they want people to play together. I mean, they do want people to play in open. They're not doing a very good job of incentivizing that right now, but I think that this newbie zone is a way that they're trying to address that. We'd like those new commanders to play and open, to meet new people, to see that there are other noobs like them out there. It's not just that they're flying out there with a bunch of people who have been doing it for four years and have the highest ranked ships and the best engineered equipment. There are not just those people out there. There are people that are just starting out like them. And here's a place where you can see those people. They'll be concentrated there. And so it's, it's I think it's more about maybe finding peer groups and nothing's stopping, like I said, people from clearing their save or having an alt account and going in there to recruit for their uh, uh, fleets, you know, for their squadrons. I mean, there's other ways to get in touch with those people in those starting systems. You're not restricted just because you are currently playing the game and have your ranks already. But there's some hurdles you're gonna have to jump. You're either gonna have to clear your save haha, or uh, get another alternate account. And uh, that that's gonna that's gonna fractionate the player base a little bit, like you were saying. Until they're ready to win. Fractionate is another good one, I think, to put on the title there. Fractionated catastrophe complicated com- complicated com- com- compl- 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 complicable compl- fr- fractionable.
2: Whatever the other one was. Wow, it's getting too complicated. Catastrophic, I would yeah, yeah. illustrate that. He would just cry. He would put,
1: like, a Picasso <laughs> painting on there. <laughs> Some Rorschach test or yeah. something. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, but they went through um, uh, the newbie area, which is going to be, I think, the biggest change. The nav panel now has a lot more stuff on it, a lot more icons. It's, it's a little busy. It seems a little busy to me, but I'm sure we'll all get used to it. There's a lot more stuff. They kept on using the phrase bubbling up. They bubbled up things that used to be buried kind of deep, and now they're trying to put it all on that nav panel uh, on your left side right when you look at it. So it, it, it's a little busy in my view, but I'm sure we'll all get used to it. And the other thing they changed completely was the uh, commodities panel. Um, so that, that has a completely different look now and so much more information. It may be that the necessity of those other uh, outside applications like the EDDB uh, io where you can plan routes and stuff like that. They're less necessary now after I think, uh, I think after this update. Um, you can, I think, do a lot more in the game after this update than you could uh, as far as planning out where you want to go. I think that people who are comfortable with the uh, third party websites and stuff will still be using them, but new players to the game once they find once they get used to these things via doing missions and stuff, I don't think they'll ever go out. I don't think they'll go out to those third-party websites because there's there's. an there's, I think they're approaching the point where there's enough tools in the game where you can say, all right, I'm going to this station, I've got a mission to go there, I've got extra cargo space, this is what they need at that station, oh look, they're selling it here at the station I'm currently at, I'll load up that extra cargo space and go. Yeah. And then you get to the new place and then you can do that all in reverse. All that is in the game now. Yeah, that's great news. Yeah, so I think it's 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 that one might be the game changer for people who are already uh, in the game, but they'll have to learn how to use the new tool, which will be a little bit of a there'll be some resistance to that. There'll be some inertia there, but that's a that's a big change. And it looks pretty. It looks like it works pretty well, and so we'll um, we'll see when they launch it. The inevitable bugs, I'm sure they'll have a dot dot patch uh, shortly after. They typically do. Um, but we'll, but the, the update looks great, and I'm looking forward to it. And uh, we'll fly it and test it and see what they got. And now that we're all caught up on Space Sim News, let's get caught up on Space News with Galactic Public Radio.
0: Good evening, from Galactic Public Radio on NC, I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. Argoid tactics are causing serious headaches for civilian and military strategists. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace.
1: Thanks, Spencer. The last two months have seen a definite shift in the Thargoid pattern of activity. What started as a limited incursion in the Pleiades sector changed to a creeping progression towards the bubble and has now metastasized into a full-blown cancer on humanity's core systems. Dozens of starports have been attacked, causing thousands of casualties and millions of refugees. Official resources are strained to compensate, and many are fearing a general recession as space travel and trade becomes more expensive and dangerous. What is frustrating many strategists is the lack of discernible strategy. Admiral Aidan Tanner, Aegis' chief military liaison, in response to Congressional Inquiry, stated, quote, What's surprising is that the Thargoids aren't targeting our most important social or military centers, such as the superpowers' home systems. There's no doubt that they're trying to weaken us, but evidently they're guided by different principles than those that typically govern human martial strategy. End quote. In an effort to think outside the box regarding Thargoid strategy, GPR interviewed several military strategists. Many were happy to discuss their theories off the record, but only one person was willing to be quoted for this story. Guard Frequency Response Executive Director Teresa Vallis, a retired Federal Army colonel, told GPR, My team has been exploring the idea of the Thargoid invasion as analogous to an immune response. Their focus on capital sized ships and starports seems to indicate that areas of intense or frequent hyperspace incursions appear to stimulate or irritate them. We are conducting preliminary research to test this hypothesis. End quote. How long can local authorities cope with increasing Thargoid incursions? When will humanity's leaders figure out what the Thargoids want? From Denver Station for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Smooth Furnace.
0: Thanks, Smooth. Months after establishing a security operation in the MEAN system, the Aegis Research Group announced a formal partnership with engineer Ram Ta to manufacture Guardian Human Hybrid Technology. According to Aegis senior engineer Lilith Galloway, quote, we believe that Ram Ta's accomplishments, while impressive, represent only a fraction of what can be accomplished. We have therefore entered into an agreement that will allow Aegis to bring its considerable resources to bear in the manufacture of Guardian-related technology, both now and in the future. Quote. While it appears for now that currently licensed technology brokers will still offer the Trident, Javelin, and Lance XG fighters, commentators are speculating that superpower factions behind Aegis may wish to exercise greater control over the technology in the future. However, given the recent trend in weakening intellectual property protections, some analysts are predicting a company will eventually attempt to reverse-engineer Ramta's designs. A competing source for the hybrid technology would lower costs and increase availability to combat the Thargoid threat. Finally, in local news, recent Thargoid activity in core systems has security officials concerned about the state of neighboring systems. Guard Frequency Response Associate Director Richard Clemens told GPR, quote, With our domestic situation largely settled, we have become alarmed at the restless state of some of the nearby worlds. We have undertaken a feasibility study into expanding operations into an appropriate system nearby. Greater trade and stability throughout the region would help in defense and recovery efforts should the events require, End quote. Pilots who are interested in assisting expansion efforts should report to Denver Station or Wild Refinery for mission selections. Bounty hunters, miners, and explorers are also welcome to participate. Until the next turn of the worlds, for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night.
1: On deck? As you were, pilots, I'm Commander Kinetic Impulser from Guard Frequency Response, here with the essential tips to get you around the deep black and back home again. Today I'm briefing you on planetary landings in Elite Dangerous. We noticed some of your rooks having issue with this, so we scheduled some training. Performing a competent planetary landing can be the difference between your future as a star-hopping beer intake and a nutritional supplement for space pumpkins. I hear you nuggets have had just about enough with the whole flying in space part of spaceflight and want to get back to terra firma for sightseeing or mining or racing or whatever it is you kids do these days in the dirt. Uh, That's not really my department, but I suppose that making sure you're able to get back into the black entails you getting out of it safely in the first place. So here we go. The first step to a successful rock stop is getting captured in your destination's gravity well. This entails the same kind of measured, easy approach you'd make to a starport. Essentially, keep your throttle in the blue zone on the way to the planet. If your destination appears in your nav panel, now would be a good time to lock it in. Those are things like settlements and tourist beacons and other attractions, like weird anomalies and crashed alien spaceships. Have fun with all that. Uh, If your destination is a set of latitude and longitude coordinates, well, get someone with more patience to teach you that, or maybe sign up for my advanced course. Let's get you on the ground first, well, at least out of orbit. Once you've gotten yourself slowed down to a respectable speed, you should notice a ring around the planet. That ring is sort of the border between the deep black and the, uh, the shallow black, I guess. As you approach that line, you should see your HUD change to something a little more helpful than avoiding an uncontrolled flight into the ground. It will show you a basic altimeter, an angle of attack indicator, and a descent meter. No, not a decent meter. I I mean, it's perfectly adequate, but it's an instrument that shows you a relative rate of descent. For God's sake, Rooks, it's like you want to become a pockmark on a space rock. Where was I? Uh, okay, uh, you also see a compass giving you a relative planetary bearing in degrees, as well as latitude, longitude, and gravity. With me so far? Okay. If you've got the location locked on your nav panel, the rest is cake. Keep your altitude below the OC in the altimeter, but above the DRP. Ease off on the throttle until you're just below the blue zone. Your speed is now dependent on the weird and wacky interaction between your frame shift drive and gravity. Yay, hyperphysics. Anyway, keep an eye on it. Fly around the planet in this zone until you've got your destination reticle on or just below the horizon. Notice that angle of attack indicator? If your nose is pointed at your destination and the AOA is not dark angry red, you're doing just fine. Ideally, you want that reticle to line up between 25 and 40 degrees, depending on the gravity and the size of the planet, but let's not get too picky the first time out. If you've done all this, you're mostly finished. Nudge the throttle back a bit and let the computer take over. If you've done it right, you'll see the altimeter pass through the DRP line, which take you to the horribly misnamed glide mode. This is just marketing speak for the zone where the computer, your frame shift drive, and Sir Isaac Newton fight over who's the boss of your sled. That descent meter and the gravity number are important here. If the planet is over 1G, you're going to want to be at a shallower angle when you exit glide mode. Over 3Gs? The flatter the better. If you're nose down on a 4G planet as you exit glide, that descent meter will be deep in the red, and you'll have seconds to get your nose back over tail and light your turbo before you become chunky salsa. For low-G planets, as long as you don't let your AOA go over 60 degrees or under 5 degrees, the ship will basically fly itself to a gentle stop a few clicks above the dirt line. Or SRF, as your altimeter calls it. Straighten up, head for your destination. If it's a settlement, it'll have port control like a spaceport, and it'll have guns to take care of loitering issues like a spaceport, so watch it. If you're landing without all the modern conveniences of traffic control and lethal parking cops, you'll notice your landing mode looks a little bit different. Your ship will be flying over a 3D model of the landscape with a little red circle under it once you're close enough to the surface. Lower your landing gear, and the circle might turn blue. That indicates that the rocks and dirt and whatnot are level enough that you can set your ride down. In some places, like in and around Thargoid crash sites, this can be tricky. This is a good time to watch your descent indicator, too. Don't set down too hard. You might break something. If that meter goes red, slow your roll, tiger. What I'm saying is, the ground is very hard, and your shields will only take so much. And now we come to my favorite part. Leaving the planet. Thrusters up. Raise gear, point ship away from dirt, firewall throttle. After about two clicks, your altitude will go from SRF to that little notch right above SRF, and your mass lock indicator will wink out. Warm up that frame, shift drive, and punch it, Nugget. Welcome back to the Deep Black. All right, boys and girls, wipe up that drool puddle and change it to your flight suits. Skids up in 10. See you in the Deep Black.
2: Come on, Mama's not going to save you today. Let's go. You want to fire or not? Let's kick
1: the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. Uh, Valis, I'm gonna stay in the trunk just for a minute and see what happens. These are she Trojan says, horse surprise. She says, "Perhaps a prudent, uh, perhaps a prudent maneuver. I will keep my comms open so you can hear what's going on." So Much appreciated. All yeah, right, so you'll 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 hear what Valis hears, uh, and you'll be able to speak to her clandestinely if you want to whisper, and the rest of the team as well if you want to keep an open calm. You guys have basically basically earpieces, right? Your your mercenaries people aren't gonna look twice at you guys having little little Okay, I'm here. gonna try this again. Do you guys hear me now? Oh, yeah. there you are. Yes. So I was trying to say I'm getting out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everybody, hey, they could see you, so it would have been weird if you but it was like now nah, hanging in the car we, texting somebody.
2: We have our like tactical our spacesuits with tactical vests and our all our weapons and stuff on
1: right you don't have your spacesuits on because this is an oxygen environment but you do have whatever jumpsuit or military fatigues uh, cleb gave you some military fatigues with extra pockets yep. for loot I and like bullets. you can all have you, you all have grabbed military fatigues from from cleb. basically the I mean, military to be fatigues. fair i already had them on yeah so. you already had and you're all like <laughs> yeah. but no one can see that because you're in the trunk I can see it and that matters to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well good. All right. So so uh, my headset mic again. Can you still hear me? Yeah. All right. Just wanted to make sure. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. So uh you're you everybody hops out except for uh for Rexford. Uh so he's still he's still hidden. Uh but as as you kind of gather around Vallis, sort of looking around at the zero activity inside the walls of this of this compound. Uh, a building sort of off to the side uh, opens up and you see a single officer come out. He's uh you know medium height, medium build, very nondescript, uh, but but you know, high and tight, right? He's got the he's got the flat top, shaved hair, a little bit of salt and pepper going on, and he sort of he's making a beeline for Vallas, and Vallas sort of perks up and looks over at him and starts walking toward him a little bit. You guys are sort of welcome to follow if you want. I Absolutely. pick up my
2: pace to get closer to her.
1: All right. Yeah, uh, I'm staying with them. All right. So as you all uh, uh, approach, he sticks his hand out to uh, Vallis, and Vallis sticks her hand out to him, and she and he says, Teresa, I really wish you had called ahead. And she says back to him, I wish I could have called ahead, but you did not leave a lot of room in that message for a innocent reply and you, they're, 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 they're doing the handshake thing where it's like, you let go first. No, you let go. No, you let go first. And there's some tension here that everybody can kind of see. And he looks around at the three of you and says, this is your crew? And she says, yep, this is my crew. And he goes, let's talk inside. <laughs> Sergeant! And uh, he, he sort of yells out, and you see a woman, a very tall woman, like a, like a serious soldier, large person. Don't mess with her. Uh, sort of come out from the same building and uh, walk towards the little group. And he, uh, the colonel says, Sergeant, get these people squared away. Begin prep for, uh, prep for our mission. Uh, I'll be out in 20 minutes. And When you, when you say tall, do you mean like? Six like, foot five tall. Okay. Like, like, is she like genetically modified or is she just tall? Oh, that's a good question. Why don't you roll a, uh, a, a, a thing for that? Let's do. <laughs> oh, no, that's the thing. Yeah. How would, let's see. How would, how would one, how do you want to find that out? <laughs> I think that's, that's the again? question. How do you want to find that out? <laughs> um, hmm.
2: Street Would That'd be a thing. Would there be like augmented people on the streets?
1: Okay. Would that not be like cyber? Well cyber's different than genetic he's like oh, okay. he's looking for genetic. Yeah, you know, cyber is obvious, okay. right? It's like you know, stuff, right? It's like you know, are you sure everything. are you sure you don't want right. to use charm? Use what? Charm? Oh. I could, I guess I can just after. <laughs> You could just yeah, you could have, a seven a seven streetwise, you are aware that there have been number a number of advancements in genetic engineering, some prenatal, some postnatal, some career oriented. Uh, however, there's nothing obvious about what uh, what's happened. She you know, there's nothing that, that just pops out at you like the, oh yeah she's had her work done, uh, but it, she's above norm on height and weight and muscle from what your experience is. You would okay. not like to challenge her in a fight hand to hand.
2: Okay. All right. You, well, I, I introduce myself then. Okay. Huh.
1: She she sti- you stick out your hand. She sticks out hers and she says, uh, what did I call her? Oh. Sorry, yes, Sergeant First Class Bell. I'm Commander
0: Shadow. You can call me Roland.
1: Very nice to meet you, Roland. She looks over at uh, Adira. Sergeant Bell. Adira. Mm. She looks over at, at Al. Sergeant Ale. Bell. Al. Nice to meet you. Follow me. She turns around and heads back, uh, doesn't head back to the building where her colonel and and your boss went. She heads towards, like, the main, the central building. And she's walking uh, towards the building. She says, "Uh, this is the main barracks. We are gearing up for our mission. Uh, The rest of the platoon is currently on duty. I do have a few people uh, detailed to arrange our equipment, uh, but that should be done within the next hour or two. Uh, What's your timetable? Uh, Well, unless we need some sort of special equipment for the mission, we're set. I believe we have everything that we are required. Uh, Do you have adequate seating uh, for all of our troops? No. She stops in her tracks. Our
2: our SRVs
1: are single occupancy drivers, and uh, we have uh, just a prisoner pod in the back. She rolls her eyes. Look, tin can man. This is the army. We walk where we need to go. I meant, do you have room on your ship for everybody? Probably. It's a big ship.
2: It's about, a ship. I don't even know how big it is. It is a Corvette. How many people will fit in a Corvette? How many do you have?
1: That's it. She starts rolling her eyes. I have 40 troopers under my command, plus the commander. That makes 42. Do you have 42 seats on board your vessel or not?
0: Can I, can I roll something for that? Do
1: you roll a. Do you roll a systems check? I
0: don't know.
2: Was, there seems to be like a little thing that highlights whatever tony can i word, can i hear the highlights.
1: conversation you can hear the conversation yeah just just say yes all right <laughs> i assume we have our comms on so yeah yeah yes somebody asked you if you're gone you say yes <laughs> you say <laughs> yes <laughs> you so she says Fine, that might be the first thing that goes right for this entire godforsaken planet. And she starts we, stomping back to the... the can, can, can You know, while we're moving here, can you give us a quick briefing on what the mission is? She stops and looks at you and goes, we're redeploying. To where? That's none of my business and none of yours, quite frankly, unless you're the pilot. Are you the pilot? Yes. Then you don't know? No then you're not a very good pilot. And then she starts walking back to <laughs> the base again. <laughs> well, oh, I music, like her. <laughs> our, maybe not, not good, was, but not
2: well informed. Our mission was to come here. And that's the end of our our,
1: our our instructions at the moment. Well, then there's a reason why I has, no one's told you what the destination is, and you should probably not question that reason. Stop, stop, stop. Just asking if you know. So, sorry, she's, so she's, she's, uh, she's doing things. She's doing stuff. You, you, you're all keeping up, right? Yeah. All right. I so, assume her legs are much longer than mine, so yes. I'm I'm uh, doing a swift jog. <laughs> she is not. She's not suffering any fools at this point. So, so she makes I, it. Do to...
2: you do Pilates? Or... <laughs> 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 the army.
1: The army dictates a very strict physical regimen, which I adhere to without fail. Sweet.
0: Do you listen to music while you're doing
1: it? <laughs> <laughs> she, she stops and looks at you and goes, "Navy people," and just keeps huh. walking. <laughs> all right so uh she, yeah so she makes it she makes it the the door of the base there's a little keypad she thumbs in uh four zeros and the door opens and inside the the base that's a you
0: secure se- password
1: mm-hmm. well that might be a clue uh so uh, she opens up and basically you see just a, like a squad barracks there are 40 beds basically in one private room off to the side uh, and everyone can roll perception for me. Okay, buddy,
0: what's on your mind? We're all friendlies, so let's just.
1: Some say he genetically engineered fish to have bendy legs. And then he gave up when he realized he was just making two-knee fish again. But all I know is he's called the Shiv and i will put together this week's feedback. That's a good anyway, one, man. When I said it out loud, I got
2: it. Uh, you didn't get it when you read it? That's funny.
1: Now, when I read it, I didn't get it. But when I said it out loud, I got it. You have to, Sometimes you have to say these out loud. Uh, it was good. Uh, well, I like two-knee good. fish, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Exactly. Yeah, I like I like apples. Do you put apples in yours? No, that apples, sounds horrifying. Apples and celery. Why would no, you ever do that? Apples and celery. Apples and celery. Chop up apples really small and and chop up celery really small and then put it with your tuna fish. Celery, I'm digging. It's, I never heard of apples though. That seems like it, witchcraft. I I, 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 it, it is. <laughs> it's it's sorcery. I'm telling you. I give it a shot. You will not regret it. I, I promise you. Give it a shot.
0: Uh, recap of last week's community questions. Community question: What other quality of life feature? Would you like Frontier to address before the 2020 expansion? And what would you like J.J. to fix in Star Wars Retrocon of the Jedi?
2: Alec Turner writes in, Hi, guys. Sorry I don't feedback more frequently, but I'm always here, always listening, and always appreciative of what you do. This week's show was superb. Thank you. Your summation of the Elite April update beginner features was spot on. Nailed it. Hashtag guard frequency is right about everything and your Star Wars stuff had me laughing out loud on public transport bravo That's stuff about sticking Luke's hand in your pocket because hey why wouldn't you LMFAO Anyhow hey. feedback question What quality of life feature do I want for Elite? It's a simple one, really. Surely how hard can it be? And it's the same one that I, and man, many others, have been calling for for over a year now. Better bookmarks and planetary surface bookmarks. So by better, I mean the ability to organize bookmarks into named folders Mining, Scenic, Engineering, Racing, etc. Here, here. With each folder having a color which corresponds to the bookmark icons on the galaxy map. Plus the ability to toggle their display on and off, and by surface, I just mean the ability to arbitrarily bookmark locations on planet surfaces, so we don't have to navigate by coordinates and/or use third-party tools.
1: Thanks again, and stay on the guard. I, I like the idea of the bookmark. I have a I have a hack for you. Uh, you know, one of those life hack things on the whole folders thing. It's not an official folder thing, but what I typically do with my bookmarks is I will bracket. I will edit the name of the bookmark and do a, a do a bracket and then whatever it is like for. For uh, for, uh, for Denver Station, I have bracket and Seath, closed bracket, and then Denver Station. So the bracket sorts it all the way to the top so that anything in the and Seath system is just right there at the top of my bookmarks. Then hmm. so, you can do that for, like you were saying, for scenic and engineering and racing and all that kind of stuff. You just bracket racing, close bracket, and then whatever the name of the system is. That's fantastic. Uh, I'd never thought yeah. of that. That's really great. Yeah, so, but that uses the sorting of the the list to just do that. So that's my hack. That's my way of getting around that. You were so. talking about needing a nugget segment. It wouldn't be
2: bad to talk about how to organize your bookmarks using the system that's available, even though it's not awesome.
1: Because yeah. well, that, okay. that's no, something no. I will do now that I hadn't thought about. That's really cool. Well, you're welcome. It's, you know, it's, we're all about solutions here at the Guard Frequency, and so, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, but, yeah, so that that's my, that's my workaround on that. But I like the idea of being able to drop an arbitrary waypoint. And have that be a bookmark. I think that that's an excellent idea, and they should be able. To, they, I say should be able to just program it. Just just program it. Just 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 do that. Uh, just make a program. Uh, but I, that would be probably that would be very helpful. I mean, especially for squadrons, right? It's like rendezvous at the meetup spot, right? Well, some guy goes out there ahead of time, drops a bookmark, and shares that bookmark with the rest of the crew. You all know where where to go. Even if they wanted to
2: make it something uh, something like you have to buy a navigational beacon and deploy it. That would be fine. Yeah,
1: yeah. It could be. It could be another module or something like that. Yeah, you know, something for you could something. Have it uh, fill a limpet spot
2: because navigational yeah. beacons yeah. could be just be like limpets. Just drop yeah, them and you, leave and them. And you
1: have to and you have to load it into your SRV. You drop your SRV off, right? You drop your SRV off and and then you uh, get it from your cargo bay, drive it to wherever you want it to go, drop it on the ground, and then it's set up. So even something like that, uh, where where the the idea though is that it's something you can share. It's a physical thing that you can share uh, in the in the universe, that so people know where to go. So, like you were saying, you don't have to go to a third party website to guide you with latitude and longitude numbers uh, to to do that. So, no, I, I like the I like that idea, and hopefully the workaround I suggested helps you and uh, good to go. Uh, oh, it's and by the way, it's Alec Turner O'Donnell settlement Kume Chai Hercules. Now, about one third of the way around the first great planetary expedition. That's his full title. Yeah. That's his full title. So we want to make sure we get all that. And uh, Ken from Chicago writes in and says, I'm deeply flattered that you posted my tweet as this week's community question. By the way, the tweet had a trailer for hashtag planetbase. I went and put the hashtag in there again. Uh, It's only a few minutes to watch. Basically, you build a space base on another planet, rocket ship emoji, thumbs up emoji. Building a space base on or orbiting a planet could be used to generate missions in Elite Dangerous, gathering resources, ferrying passengers, defending from pirates, etc. #hashtag or a, a rocket ship emoji, excuse me. Uh, in return, you build up a great reputation that gives you bonuses and trade repairs, etc. At the base, thumbs up emoji. I, uh, I I love it. I love the game we're building, and yes, I I think. I'm. I'm. I feel like my prediction or my hope is maybe a little out there now, based on our more recent discussions of what the 2012 and 2014 roadmaps for Elite were. But I would love to see importing a Jurassic Park type, type game into uh, Elite Dangerous, you know, building up a colony out there, you know, discover an Earth-like world, drop a colony on it, build it up, and then like Ken saying. Uh, have the mission generator system uh, uh, give you jobs based on what you've built I uh, wonder just
2: uh, arbitrarily thinking what is technically more difficult adding something like you're talking about or elite feet I just wonder there's no way I, for us to really know because we don't know no. but I wonder what would be a bigger job I wonder what we'd be I, more I, likely I, to see
1: See, I go – I mean, just let's take what they have. What they have – they have the games, right? They have Jurassic Park and they have Planet Coaster. They've got those. I mean, it's, they're full and complete fleshed out systems and they've been – they're mature. They've been around for a couple of years. So uh, they've got those things. They've got Elite Dangerous. As far as I know, they all run on the same engine, the same background, the same you know basic set of tools and, and uh, uh, design environment. What's missing is a connection between them and the background simulation. And so I go back, I think back to the time where I used to work at a bank when I was making, trying to make two systems talk to each other. And the only thing they had in common was comma separated value files. But, but even then, you know, we were running an update once a day. And so we were running you know, these thousands or however many transactions, there were tens of thousands of transactions that had to be sort of merged into this database. And we had to get it down to the lowest common denominator, which was a CSV file. But we did it, and we did it once a day, and we did it like clockwork. So I be, any, and that was 20 years ago, and it was me, stupid guy. I mean, I'm not, I'm no computer genius. So I would think that you could import the changes that you would make in a sort of Jurassic Park kind of environment into the background simulation. So there
2: should be the way frontier, to do Frontier, just convert it to a CSV file and import and it into the dangerous. hand carry it on a floppy disk.
1: Yeah. It, and will floppy it. Disk. it will fit on a floppy disk. <laughs> it will fit on a floppy disk that you can hand carry from one machine to another machine and put it in. And if you, and if you have copy. trouble,
2: call Tony, he's done this before on a similar project.
1: I have experience. You just let me know, uh, and we'll and I'll get right on that. And before you know, my, I get my,
2: accused of saying just write the codes again, that was sarcasm.
1: <laughs> I'm just
2: saying that out loud this time because people get mad at me.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, it's my idea. They should get mad at me. No, but I would. But I would think that even as weird and convoluted and cludgy as I just described that, I would think that would be easier than a leafy. I would think that would be easier. Than I
2: don't know. I would expect that elite feet is really just a matter of defining, like, another entity in the game. Like, you have ships that are huge, ships that are small. Your camera has a different, uh, like, viewport size depending on the size of the the vessel. So your perspective of the world is a little different at different sizes. I mean you still you you can edit those things to get a first person view which you actually already have a first person view in the cockpit so you don't even need to do that. Yeah, I mean you they got need a to do those to enable walking around. And if they really wanted to uh make me happy about it, they would just uh, do it right away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, they said 2020. I think they're going to wait for that for sure.
2: Well, they didn't say elite feet in 2020. They said something happening in 2020. We're going to get ice planets and carriers, remember? Right. And then maybe that's it. Maybe that's all we get. People would be mad. Fifty dollar paid expansion. People be
1: mad.
0: Yeah, probably. Mad Okay. Sean Newboy writes in and says, Excellent show, everyone. Good job on those perception rolls. roles. Semicolon big capital D.
1: Which I think is like a super happy winky face. Yeah. Uh that's what I'm gonna call it anyway. Yeah, Henry Henry had some tough roles. Henry Henry was there are a lot of ones, a lot of ones rolling. These in that, things uh, in happen. I'm
2: number one. These things
1: happen. <laughs> <laughs> you got the rolls to prove it. I do. You got man, the, the rolls to prove I'm it. I'm
2: very lucky. Like people have saved me so often. The Shiv writes in. A good GM lets his players shine as they figure things
1: out and be the heroes. I sense that's a that's subtext there. I, I sense I sense some criticism from the Shiv. You feel like, <laughs> a, am I not be, letting you be a hero? Do, am I not? Are you? Do you feel unheroish, unheroic, unheroic? I think unheroic is. We'll add that to the list of words. Let's uh, let's, let's use this,
2: this take. Title. The Shiv writes in a good GM rewrites the narrative if it's not funny enough right now.
1: <laughs> so so you just edited the Shiv's comment. I did that on purpose to jab okay, at him. Okay, good. Okay, all right, good. So well,
2: <laughs> let it let it let the he record in just that- to jab at you. A good but, GM does this, Tony. That's what a good GM yeah,
1: does. Yeah. So, so I, I want the record to show that Henry edited the ship this time, not me. <laughs>
2: well, the he called in a Tony. Um
1: Tony. Yeah.
2: But he would know. He's apparently, he uh, does a lot of GM. He does
1: a lot of GMing. He right? lot of GMing. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. He, he, he and I have had many fruitful and uh, interesting discussions on the nature of uh, uh, RPG gaming and so on. So, uh, uh, and so, uh, excellent. Yes, Shiv is, is, of course, correct. Although, uh, you guys are rowdy and undisciplined, and so I feel the need occasionally to take a firm hand to you rowdy guys. Rowdy and undisciplined. Is that why absolutely. Brian ended
2: up in the trunk on the way home last time? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's, he's lucky it was just the trunk. Not spaced out of the airlock. And in general feedback, we hear from Cavendish Nutrition and Fulfillment, LLC. Dear Metamucil, I hope this finds you well. I want to introduce myself and my company Cavendish Nutrition and then it goes on to talk about how tablets and ta- uh, tablets and powders and so on. Uh, best regards, Robert Patrick MP, which in Britain is a member of parliament. So, but he has a United States telephone number. So I'm thoroughly confused by this feedback. I believe but. this is spam. I I would like to think that it is, but I would also like to think that Cavendish Nutrition and Fulfillment feels feels some kinship to us here at the at the guard at the guard frequency, because you know, Metamucil. He addressed us as as Metamucil. He knows we're old. (laughs)
2: Why does it say, dear Metamucil? That is so weird.
1: I love this feedback because it knows that we are old people. It, it, this, it knows that we need some assistance in this category, in this area.
0: Good well, lord. Well, we're FDA registered and inspected. They have a CGMP stamp, a non GMO, and they're USDA organic certified. So, hey. Uh, high quality. Um, should I call the number? Yeah, you it's should call them right and say, So, you now. guys
2: wrote into our show, and we should do that live. <laughs> There's no Metamucil here. I know you're looking for Metamucil. Are you sure you weren't looking for Kinetic Impulsor?
1: We fired Mr. Metamucil (laughs) last year. Uh, He's no longer with the company. Uh, uh, No new Patreon or random winner. And this week's community question. How would you design your semi-hyperdrive? Are you happy with more junk in the trunk? Or would you prefer the emphasis to be on motion in the ocean? Are you going to be homesick for your home system in Elite Dangerous? And otherwise, how is the show? Should we release a preview video of our early 2019 update, or should we just wing it like we do every week? Uh, Drop us an email, a tweet, or a comment on our show posts, which you can find on our website, and look us up on Discord. And that'll bring us to the end of episode 257 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 258 on April 30th, 2019, so be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com.
0: We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to... Our community manager, Justin, it wasn't me, Lowmaster. Our artist, Ben Knox, when the van rocks, Sanders. And our elite contributor, Baxter. And of course, our audio engineers with no expletives, Mikey Lennon and Bill Hardy.
2: Oh my. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass. And a special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit ronaldjenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce
1: thrust.
0: Oh God, that didn't come out. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and try that
1: one more time. You know they start off great with the phlegm, and then just kept going right after that. So.
0: (laughs) 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 And this week's streaming services are brought to you by Henry Robot and Snowball Limited, right, Tony? And that's me, not Tony. (laughs) So that's right,
2: Brian. (laughs) <laughs> so Remember, go ahead and ben, start with <laughs> priority one is not a one-way conversation. All
0: right all right, all right, all right.
2: Start, start with, and I'm Jeff,
1: and we'll just like <laughs>
2: beep, beep. And for the record, hot and spicy, floppy rocket ship with large spherical blast for uh, fuel tanks was uh, skipped, I guess, on purpose. Because what is that? And double. Well, um, uh... on. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: sorry. It's no, say no, no. no, the. It's
1: because you gotta read the copy. Read, read the copy.
0: All right. H. Oh, come on. Open up. Oh. Jeff got Is a new
1: it? chair, but he's still got the same email <laughs> yeah. and the same internet connection.
2: I'd, I'd heard that it was the uh, motion of the ocean, the not junk the Junk in your
0: trunk, type of pack. <laughs> junk in your trunk packing, you know.
1: Junk in the trunk,
0: motion in the That's ocean. What I've been told yeah.
1: anyway. Angle of the dangle. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, Shh. Sh- sh- I heard something. It was, it was something from Jeff's feed. What was that, Jeff? Huh? What was that? What did I just hear? I don't know.
0: I just said huh.
1: No. You can clip your fingernails after the show. (laughs) That's great. (sighs) I'm not. It makes noise, Jeff. When you go snip. It makes a noise in well, my ears, I hang- which I, I had hear. had a hangnail
2: I kept offering me. You can't me. expect him to go through a whole show with a hangnail, Tony. That's
1: inhuman.
0: What kind of boss oh, are you? I'm going to show you a feature of my new chair.
1: What's the feature of your new chair? What's feature?
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he just goes back and takes a nap. He's out. He's he done. Oh, He's out. That does look cozy. Mic drop, <laughs> chair drop. He's out. All right. Uh, I was uncompl- as uncomplica- uncomplicated. Jeez, catastrophes and uncomplicated. I think maybe we have our our show title: catastrophes and un- uncomplicated. <laughs> um, then uh, what else are they going to change? Uh, the commodities. On. Well, that's a change.
2: Hey Jeff, we were going to make a show instead of watching one.
0: Yeah, but they're talking about ASMR, a- 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 ASMR right now. Oh my okay. okay. god. Like that. <laughs> go ahead, Jeff. This is the part of the show where
1: we stop everything to
0: listen about ASMR. Yeah,
2: yeah. Now yeah. a moment of silence in memory of Brian.
0: <laughs> Auditory sensory meta- meta- med- mediation meta- uh, medium or something like that. It's great.
1: It's, it's yeah. great stuff. It's good stuff. It, it, it makes you want go,
0: uh. <laughs> I don't think so. I think
2: that's f***ing weird. No. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> This is Henry, feedback in closing sync three, and for the record, this joke is funny.
0: Jeff! Go, Jeff! <laughs> Go, Jeff! Me uh, nee. I was... me um. <clears throat> <laughs> Are we green? Yeah, we're good, we're good. <clears throat> we're green? Super green! Um...